Well, good Friday morning, everybody. It's the 15th of October, and my title today is The Biggest Lie Number Two. Yesterday, we talked about the biggest lie that most of us have had to deal with, and that is the lie that says we will never be able to stop looking at porn. Call it an addiction or a disease, but we have been convinced that we will forever be in its grasp. However, my friends, that is not true. Because once our body dies, our sinful nature dies with it. And we will be without both of them for all eternity. We'll get a new body, but no sinful nature. We will be made perfectly holy and receive bodies that are immortal and imperishable. Paul writes this in 1 Corinthians 15, 42-44, quote, So will it be with the resurrection of the dead. The body that is sown is perishable. It is raised imperishable. It is sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. It is sown a natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. So let's say you've been addicted to porn, oh, I don't know, 50 years? If one would draw a timeline of your life and you are, say, now 62 years old, then your record is 12 years without porn and 50 years battling porn. Now, that's not a good record, for you will have lived with this sinful addiction four times more than you lived in purity. 12 to 50 is not a good score. But, however, let's change our perspective. Let's look at our 50 years of addiction against the perfect holiness we will experience in heaven. Let's just take a small portion of eternity. Oh, I, I don't know, a billion years? Then the score now would be a billion and counting to 50. So yes, I have all the confidence in the world that in the long run, our eternal holiness will far exceed our earthly struggle with porn. It'll be done and we'll be done with it forever. Now let's look at the second biggest lie. This is a lie that you will not only hear from the demonic forces with whom you battle and are whispering in your ear, you can also hear it being preached from many pulpits and pastors who have bought this lie, hook, line, and sinker. And here is that lie. Quote, Because you have repeatedly continued in sexual sin, you've lost your salvation. In other words, God's given up on you. Because you continued sinning, you have proven that you are not worthy of salvation. God has given you a chance to get your act together, but because you've refused to walk the straight and narrow and somehow failed to become holy, that his love for you has stopped. It's over. You're no longer one of his children. Sayonara. Now I do not know what God, you are thinking about in order to believe that lie. 
but it sure isn't the God that I read about in the scriptures. You have created a false God who is not anything like God at all or our Father that we find in the Bible. So let's dig into this lie and expose it for what it is. For this to be true, that with so many sexual sins or any other kind of sins, you would have lost your salvation. For that to be true, it would mean a lot of things that we believe about God would not be true. For example, it would mean that we are saved by our works and not by grace. It would mean that our salvation has been conditional and based on our ability to walk in purity. And if we're not able to do that, then God tears up our adoption papers and kicks us out of his family. It would mean that he, the vine dresser, finds that we are bearing no fruit, and so he cuts us off the vine and throws us into the fire instead of, as I believe the passage really teaches us, he lifts us up so that we can bear fruit. It would mean that the Holy Spirit, whom Jesus said would not only be with us, but in us and in us forever, that he would not remain with us forever because we continue in sexual sin. Seems clear to me that that is not the truth we read in John 14, 16, quote, And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. Plus, we can lose our salvation by deliberately continuing to sin. How should we understand this passage? Plus, if we could lose our salvation by deliberately continuing in sin, then how should we understand this passage from Ephesians 1? Quote, And you were also included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit who is a deposit guaranteeing. <laughs> Did you hear that? Who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance. So it seems to me that we've got a guarantee. We've been stamped or sealed for eternity. And this seal is none other than the Holy Spirit of God, third member of the Trinity. And he dwells in us. And he will never, ever leave us. Because he will, quote, be in you forever, end quote, according to the words that actually came out of the mouth of Jesus. Now, you might be thinking, but John, what about all the verses which seem to teach that one can lose their salvation? Well, I will admit that on the surface, there are verses like that. However, I find them few and far between when compared to ones teaching us about our eternal life and its security. Listen, obviously the Bible cannot be teaching both things. They both cannot be true. One is true and the other is false. Making my salvation based upon my ability to keep myself pure goes against everything that we read in Ephesians 
4, 8, and 9, where it says, quote, For it is by grace, not by works, it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. Listen, my friends, we're saved by grace, not by works. It is by grace we've been saved through placing our faith in Christ to be our Savior. And God himself even gave us the faith that we needed to believe so that we could believe in him. So listen, my eternal salvation is never put in doubt if I have truly been born again through faith in Christ. I am not dangling over the pit of hell by a thread on the verge of it being cut based upon my works. No, I am eternally secure because even though we are dead in our sins and transgressions, God made us alive in Christ. And our continuing struggle with sin should be a daily reminder of how much we need him to help us, to help us learn how to be filled with the Spirit, to help us learn how to walk in the Spirit, because we're not to fulfill the desires of our flesh, and we are to be filled with and walking in the Spirit within a community of other men. And I've got 14 of them, and we would welcome anyone. This is John Doyle with 180 Podcasts. God bless you, my friends. I hope you have a great day in the Lord, and and I hope you have a plan for this weekend. Take care, and goodbye.